I'm Anya. And I'm Alan. And this is Shadows and Shamblers. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Uh, We wanted to make a mini episode to let you know how we're going to cover season three of American Gods and to talk about some things that happened behind the scenes during production of season two. Yeah, so since the beginning of the podcast, we've worked with stars to get advanced screeners of the show, and that's allowed us uh, to release the episodes as soon as the show airs. This season, we've not been included in the group with access to screeners. So, I mean, we could do a quick and dirty first impression style podcast recorded and published on the day the show airs. But we want to maintain the kind of show that we've been making with, you know, that includes things like, you know, research, reflection, multiple viewings of episodes, and that stuff takes time. And and we're not going to be able to do that without screeners. And also this year has just really sucked, um, you know, for a lot of people and including us. Um, So, you know, with the COVID pandemic and um, the coup that happened a couple days ago and is still potentially ongoing in the U.S. Um, you know, we were already kind of ambivalent about covering season three uh, based on the testimony by Orlando Jones that he was subjected to some pretty insulting and racist mistreatment by the show. Um, and we're going to discuss that more in depth in a few minutes. Um, yeah, so, you know, just given the state of the world and our lives and everything, uh, we don't really want to push ourselves when we're already super stressed out by a lot of other things, uh, and especially for a product that we now have some serious misgivings about. So yeah, we wanted to let you know that we do plan to cover season three, but we're not exactly sure in what capacity and in what time frame that's going to be. So the plan is we're going to watch season three, we're going to think about it, and then we're going to decide if we want to keep doing an episode-by-episode analysis, or maybe break it into a few episodes, or if it's really terrible, maybe we'll even just do one episode about the whole season. We do think that criticism is a really worthy endeavor, even for art that's deeply flawed, and we think that art that is deeply flawed can still have some merit and important things to say, but we just didn't want to commit to a specific level of time investment and effort without seeing the product first, just given the context of the show and everything else that we have going on in our lives right now. And I mean, American Gods itself has gone through a lot of troubles behind the scenes, you know, this entire time, which is not something that we talk about too much. Um, I was thinking the other day how when we created our podcast, uh, when American Gods first came out, it was right after the Donald Trump administration began. And like, we're, you know, they're getting ready to do the third season. And we're like, more than like four or five years beyond that point now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Because the show was created at that time by Brian Fuller and Michael Green. And then they were fired after the first season. And then that delayed production on the second season, uh, you know, until they hired someone named Jesse Alexander as the showrunner. And then when they did that, season two went through 
major production problems. Alexander was fired during post-production before the second season aired at all. And then season three, they had to start over again, hiring a new showrunner, who's this guy named uh, Chick Egley. Uh, and he, you know, like they went and hired somebody who's like a veteran of TV writing and producing, which makes sense because given all the trouble, you want somebody who like knows what they're doing and you're not going to have a problem per se. And he's got like over 30 years of experience. Um, but, you know, even given that, like there were still delays because once they got set up for the third season, finally, it was filmed during the pandemic the global pandemic and that slowed down what they were allowed to do like legally having lots of people in one place and uh the time of year that they wanted to film it and they doing stuff on location uh and then that is not even touching the controversy that surrounded the firing of orlando jones yeah and so we really wanted to sit down and kind of unpack the situation with orlando jones um you know, what's publicly available and how we feel about it. Um, Orlando Jones has been pretty forthcoming about his experience. Um, And so most of what we're going to be talking about today, we got from a podcast that Orlando Jones did with Karama Home, who's the blurred girl and the creator of Black Girl Nerds. Um, And she did an interview with Orlando Jones um, actually on the same day that he publicly announced that he was fired. Um, and it is filled with a lot of just like really incredible and surprising information about the way that season two was made and his experience on the show. Um, so we really encourage you guys um, to, to go subscribe to that podcast. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes. So the episode um, is called Exclusive Orlando Jones Talks About What Went Down on American Gods in His Own Words. It was published December 16th, 2019. Um, And you know, you don't have to go and listen to it right now. We're gonna summarize a lot of the content, um, but you should really hear him talk about it um, because obviously there's no way that that we can really capture his experience in the same way that just hearing it in his own words can. Orlando Jones says in the interview that he was basically the de facto showrunner of season two because uh, Jesse Alexander was not showing up or turning in scripts. And so, you know, Orlando Jones was guaranteed that he was gonna appear in a certain number of episodes, but they basically hadn't written any scenes for him. Um, So he showed up and he basically wrote all of the words that his character (laughs) had to say in the season um, because there were no words for him to say otherwise. Um, And that, you know, a lot of the stuff that was written for the other black characters or characters of color on the show was just like not good and and wasn't working and had to be rewritten. And, um, you know, Neil Gaiman was there at the first table reading for season two and even Neil Gaiman was like, uh, this is not working. Um, but he was kind of busy with Good Omens, so he, he didn't really have the, the time um, or freedom to, to step in and, and work on things. Uh, and so Orlando Jones basically had to step into that role. And, you know, when he talks about some of the decisions that got made, you can tell just like how 
thoughtful and creative he really is. He didn't even like have to do it. Like he did it, you know, like because he loved the story and cared about, you know, everybody getting represented and the possibility of the show like succeeding. Like he didn't have to do that. He would have gotten paid, you know, either way. And it wasn't like he was like, oh, this is a chance for me to make more money or something like that. It was like he cared that new media, you know, have a K-pop influence to her birth scene. That's like he brought that into the writing, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way that they had styled the character and they weren't taking the whole step to make it explicit, you know, and say like this is what the character is. This is the kind of internet that this character comes from and, and the flavor and the character and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that like, you know, because Gillian Anderson didn't come back due to all this, the stuff with Brian Fuller and Michael Green, you know, they hired this Korean actor to play the new media role and, and they just like had no plan for how that would right. make sense conceptually or how to do that. And it's like, uh, it's so frustrating because to me it's just like, such a clear illustration of people who want to check the diversity box and not actually provide meaningful inclusion and diversity and representation. When I listen to that interview and I hear all of the things that he's like, I did this and I did this, it's all the things that we were like, this is amazing. Yeah. This works perfectly. And it was like (laughs) all Orlando Jones. He elevated the second season tremendously based on what he says in the interview. Oh, I think he's clearly the reason why it worked at all. Yeah. It would have been a a train wreck. And that's what makes it so frustrating that then he got fired and not just fired, but fired in the most disrespectful way that you could possibly be let go. Right, which is why we're actually talking about season two at all, you know, in relation to season three. Right. Yeah, so because what what Fremantle did to him basically was um, they decided that he would not be coming back for season three and they did not tell him until basically the last possible moment for him, um, which meant that he was still in his contract so he could not seek other work. Right, so Orlando Jones could have been like on Watchmen or Lovecraft Country or like Westworld, but he couldn't because he didn't know that he was being fired from American Gods, so he couldn't set up a deal for what he was going to do next until like the 11th hour. Right, and they never even publicly announced it. Like four months after they told him he was fired, he publicly announced it. And in that interim period, parts of the show, like scenes that he was in and scenes that he had written were going viral, like in a way that the show had never gone viral before. And, you know, people were commenting on everything, you know, like, oh, this is so amazing. We've started watching the show again. We can't wait to see Mr. Nancy in season three. And the show just like let people think that he was still going to be in season three. They made no announcements about anything. Yeah, well, it's because, okay, so you say that um, Fremantle fired him. To be clear for people who don't know what we're talking about, Fremantle Media is a like a media conglomerate 
that owns the rights to adapt American Gods. They're like a huge company. They own stuff like The Price is Right, America's Got Talents, and uh, stuff like that. American Idol is one of theirs. So they're a huge company, global entertainment company. And so it's not stars that owns American Gods. It's just that here in the United States, stars has the rights to air American Gods first because they kicked in a bunch of money, which Fremantle controls. But they don't have any control over like what happens on the show. They're just in charge of like, uh, you know, the media campaign to get people to watch it because that benefits their subscriber base. And the other part of their subscriber base, the main part, is stuff like the show Power. Um, which is like an all-black cast. It's a you know a, a drama, and so it's kind of like a, a black network, so to speak. And people were like watching those shows, and they were like, "What's this American Gods thing?" We'll flip over there. That's got like a good-looking black man as the main character. I'll watch that. And then they got their minds blown by Mr. Nancy, of course. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh shit! I'm gonna blow this up on Twitter or Instagram or whatever," you know. And and it went viral. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this and like why it's so infuriating and insulting. And so part of it is just like that he was fired given like his role on the show, what they asked him to do, how much he stepped above and beyond what his official role that he was hired for. But then I think the final insult to injury was the excuse that they gave Orlando Jones for why he was being let go. And it's basically that, um, so Chick Egley um, didn't even talk to Orlando Jones directly, but um, he was told through an intermediary that Chick Egley could write from a black male perspective himself. <laughs> and that, um, the direction that Mr. J- uh, Mr. Jones was taking the show in was bad for black America and not what America needs right now. Angry gets shit done was not a helpful perspective for America. And all of this, you know... It's before 2020. Yeah, this was before 2020. So <laughs> it's... I mean, obviously we don't have to explain to you why that's just like so wrong and ridiculous and we're not going to insult your intelligence by trying to explain it when all of this was happening i was like so sure that we were not going to cover season three i was so mad and you know like ultimately in the time since then i think you know part of it is i've just i've calmed down a little bit like it's not so fresh and also it's you know it's like there are a lot of other really amazing black actors and actors of color on the show, they should be supported in their work, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and we want them to have opportunities to work and, and to do this stuff and to appreciate what they're doing if it's good. Um, but, you know, we're also, like, we're not gonna go into this necessarily assuming that it is going to be good. And if it's not good, we're not gonna pretend otherwise. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like, I, I was raised, you know, in a very conservative Christian household, and a lot of things, I wasn't allowed to see or read a lot of things because they were judged before they were ever, you know, known about. And we do another podcast called Measures of Truth, which we've promoted on this podcast feed before. 
And that is essentially a story about like ignorance versus knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I come from a culture of ignorance and I feel very strongly having come out of that, that I will not judge things before I experience them. And so I'm not going to, you know, all of this sounds very bad to me and uh, I'm not going to go into it, you know, necessarily trusting the creators. Uh, I will be wary and, and aware of their biases, but at the same time, I'm not going to like make up my mind and be angry about it while I experience it. And so like that's a very important thing to me. And I think it's an important uh, way that criticism uh, should like approach stories if it wants to be responsible. It's hard to think about what might happen with American Gods because, I mean, they do have the book that they're working from so it can't go completely off the rails right like it does have to get to the same destination mm-hmm. um i'm curious to see what season three is going to be like either way just because it it has been such a train wreck and continues to be a train wreck and so like maybe they'll pull off a miracle or maybe it will just be like you know a car crash you can't look away from I care about this book a lot. Like it, it means a lot to me and it it's wrapped up with like certain people in my life, you know, when I found it and the role that it's played uh, in my life. And then also like it led us to create this podcast together and, you know, we became friends and we created this whole thing together that has gone on to spin off other things. Mm-hmm. And so like, I care about this thing. And I would like it to not be terrible. And it's weird, like season two behind the scenes was really terrible, but I think the show was good. Yeah. Um, And so who knows, who knows? There's gonna be 10 episodes in season three, so I don't know. I think the first two seasons alone have been a success. And I think they've been a valuable contribution. You know, your comment about the story makes me realize that I still haven't finished the book. Oh. Because <laughs> every season I was just kind of like reading up until the point in the book where like that season mm-hmm. cut off. I at least would like to finish the book and talk about it on the show with you. And mm-hmm. and just as like a way to get some closure. Okay, well that's all that we've got for this episode. It's not quite as many as I thought it would be. I guess we had a lot of feelings. I'm Anya, and you can follow me on Twitter at Strangely Literal. That's Strangely, then L I T E R L. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Shadow Shambler. I do plan to do live tweets of the episodes when they air live on television. So you can uh, show up for that and uh, tweet along with us. But, you know, like we said, We'll be covering it whenever we're covering it. If you'd like to leave us feedback, you can visit shadowsandshamblers.com slash contact or send an email to contact at halloweddgroundmedia.com. And don't forget to tell your friends about us and to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, we'll fire you with no notice. Shadow and Shamblers is a hollowed ground media production and is released under a Creative Commons non-commercial share alike license. <laughs>